You're listening to the Rotten Gems Podcast. The show where three dudes talk about movies we love. That critics thought should maybe suffer a second fatality. Because the first one didn't stick all that well. Let's get rotten. If you're still listening, whether it's on purpose or you just took the family out to get some burgers for the night and... All of a sudden, it just started hailing in the middle of July, and then this masked man came out and started throwing ice at everybody for seemingly no reason. And in the commotion, you noticed this guy left his phone, and you thought, hey, free phone. And you picked it up and noticed that he was mid-podcast, and that's why you're here? Well, we thank you. And who exactly is we? Well, I think it's time I introduce you to my co-host. I'm Kino. (laughs) I'm Marcus. And I am Brett, no nickname. (laughs) Because I didn't think of one. And we are your Rotten Gems crew. Um, You may be wondering, did he mention Fatality again? That's right. We are back. Uh, We just, we love Mortal Kombat so much we wanted to talk about it again. It was really a great movie, right guys? Hells yeah. Watched the first one and was like, (laughs) get over here. (laughs) Uh, But not talking about the 1995 Mortal Kombat. We're definitely not talking about the sequel to that movie, which, depending on Wait. who you ask, doesn't exist. Are you but serious? We- Fuck! <laughs> I watched the wrong one? It starts with Johnny Cage dying! <laughs> and that's why you don't watch the second one. But no, we are here talking about the new, remade, remastered, reinvented Mortal Kombat uh, that came to us in the year 2021. This is potentially a... Is this a Rotten Gems first, guys? We're talking about a movie that came out in the same year that we we're making? Have we done that before? No, yeah, this is definitely the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Usually our movies are like mid-90s. <laughs> so so when I asked you guys when you first saw this movie, um, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but this time it's actually feasibly believable. So... Guys, when did you first see this movie? This would you know shock what? you. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it together, together virtually, <laughs> share play on HBO Max. Unfortunately, theaters were closed and we could not watch it together in theaters, yet we watched it together. Because that's what we do. Because that's what friends do. This is very accurate in the timeline, and I love it. Um, but yes, this movie did come out earlier this year in the first half, um, and right off the bat, um, I don't know about you guys, but I love this movie, and just like the first one, love that too, um, I was shocked to learn about the rating of this movie, so before we get into the rating, what were your guys' initial thoughts on seeing it? Because we would all seen it before we watched this rewatch, but... Just curious, when you first watched this movie, what were your initial opinions? I, I loved it. I didn't I didn't see anything wrong with this movie. Going into it before watching, I was very skeptical about this. We've been hurt in the past. Um, but I, I love this movie. It was great. Uh, much needed upgrade. And I agree with the both of you. A lot of the complaints I had with the first movie were actually resolved in this one. And we'll get to that. Um, but it's kind of shocking that we all love this movie because guess who did not most other people, it seems like, um, because Mortal Kombat 2021 received a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics 
it did make up for a little bit in the in the fan section with an 86%. And on IMDb, out of 146,000 reviews, it scored a 6.1 out of 10. That is 6.1 egg rolls, 6.1 thrown frisbee hats, or 6.1 seconds to master a new power that you just got out of 10. Um, which is interesting because um, it it seems that the consensus on all three scores is that this was better than the first one. And right off the bat, before we get into the movie, I want to know if you guys agree with that. Do you think that this remaster of Mortal Kombat is better than the first one? Or does your heart lie with the 1995 classic? Um, after watching them pretty much back to back, this one's definitely better than the first one. I mean, I'll give the first one credit for being a product of the time, uh, but this one had better fighting. I think the characters that they chose to use were a little bit better, except for Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage is perfect. Um, I liked Scorpion and Sub-Zero so much better in this, but that's not to shit on the old one. I still liked the old one. Well said. What do you what do you think about that, Keenan? Yeah, well, I went into this one pretty critical coming off of the original. And, I mean, right off the bat, theme song, not at the top. I was losing points already. I want to get amped for this movie. Unfortunately, it didn't hit like the, the original did. No nut punches on Goro. What's going on? No Johnny Cage. But all in all, I'd say this is a much better movie. And and I actually am in 100% agreement with both of you. So this will be a, a fun discussion here. But before we jump in, um, I just want to give everyone a little disclaimer. If you haven't seen this movie, um, maybe maybe pause and listen first. Because, you know, yeah, normally the movies we talk about are, are a little bit older. But this one, like we said, did come out this year. So we are very much going to spoil the movie for you if you haven't seen it. But with that said, let's jump into the movie uh, Mortal Kombat starring Louis Tan, Jessica McNamee, and Josh Lawson. Um, so right off the bat, guys, uh, to Keenan's point here, no uh, awesome theme song to start, so it does lose points there. But I don't know about you, but I was I was definitely captivated with that opening scene. It was not what I was expecting, um, and I thought it was pretty great. Starting off in the... Uh, uh, residents of Hanzo Hasashi in Japan, 1617. What do you guys think about this opening scene here? That scene was amazing. Yeah. The only thing I can take away from this is that it definitely took notes from the original 90s movie with child violence, with the villain already killing a child and a woman. Definitely. Um <laughs> So it's funny you mention that because the first time I laughed in this movie, it was very, very quickly in, in the movie. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I watch everything with subtitles on it. Um, not because I'm like I, I like I need the subtitles or anything, but I just I just prefer to because sometimes I do be snacking a little bit, you know. Um, but also uh, I, I just like to like read names as they're presented and get the spelling. I don't know, maybe it's the the DM in me, but it, with the captions on. You have the little baby crying in the very uh, beginning when they when they decide to hide the baby in the floor, 
and the the son, the little son, is is trying to calm down the baby. And uh, if you watch the movie with captions, you see one of the greatest uh, things captured there. And it's when he was trying to soothe the baby. It says "soothes" in Japanese. In Japanese, I saw that too. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, that's great, perfect. Uh, but to yeah to your point earlier that I definitely think they they took the first movie and amped it up here and uh, you could tell right away in that first scene with all uh, the people that Hanzo is killing on his on his little farm there um, I know we mentioned it in last week's episode um, and I don't really know if the standards are the same from 1995 to nine or to 2021 but the 1995 movie was rated PG-13. This one got an R rating. They said in that first uh, 1995 one that if they showed a uh, the death of a person on the screen, then they would instantly make it an R rating. Again, I don't know if that's the standards are the same these days, but uh, regardless, this would have been an R-rated movie with 1995 standards immediately. <laughs> plenty of deaths. Yes. Uh, plenty of people. Uh, very, very bloody. In fact, I don't know if you guys knew, but the film was initially supposed to be rated uh, NC-17 upon the first submission to the MPA for graphic violence. Uh, director Simon McCoy later said that he hired an editor to cut down several gory and brutal fight scenes to achieve a commercially desired R rating. Um, so I I don't know about you, but I've never really seen an NC-17 movie that... Uh, didn't have some boobies of some sort in it. <laughs> I can't think of any. You're going to need more than boobies. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's what is done with the boobies. Um, but <laughs> just stab someone right in the boobie. NC-17. <laughs> Only if they die. Yeah, so this, this scene right here is where we're first introduced to Hanzo, which I don't know about you guys, but the whole first scene i'm like okay so this guy is supposed to be scorpion right i'm not they didn't really explicitly say right there um i think that that opinion was cemented that when we see his fighting opponent suddenly conjure ice in his hand which, what was what was sub-zero's name uh bihan okay yeah i couldn't remember it i knew i'm just yes. gonna call him sub-zero <laughs> So, little known fact here about this movie. Um, so, Bihan is in the house, and he conjures some ice in his hand. And this is a, a secret little hidden Easter egg that he may be the ice character known as Sub-Zero. I don't know if you guys knew that. Is that, a, is that, is that, a, that was Easter an Easter egg? egg. <laughs> hey, a little known Easter egg. Yeah. When you, they call uh, the main character Cole, that is actually the character Cole. How yeah. many hours of research did you sink into that one? <laughs> Honestly, you know, it's it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it, you know. So, <laughs> what I thought of, or what I liked about that scene was when, it, uh, if you notice, when he first does it with the first starts conjuring ice in his hand, you can see blood start coming out from his hands, mm -hmm. like he's still mastering it, I guess. I don't know, but it's like hurting him, almost like Wolverine and his claws. That's immediately yeah, what I thought yeah. was Wolverine. Like it hurts every time. Yeah and, yeah, and also the ice was coming out of his hand like much slower than we saw it later on too. So that was exactly the opinion I had formed too. So when they show him after that fight and Hanzo and Bihan face each other in the uh, in the courtyard outside, it's like now very much apparent who these two are supposed to be because you actually see out in the light Bihan's wearing all blue. 
and you see a Hanzo wearing black and yellow, and who wears black and yellow? And don't you make a sports reference? Dealers, swear to God. <laughs> My enemy. Before that happens, though, he's he's fighting like all the ninjas coming up to him, and I actually enjoyed that scene because it gets away from that trope of one person attacks at a time. Everybody who's there is going in as soon as they possibly can. There's nobody holding back. He's just so badass. He's killing everybody three at a time if he has to. Which, say what you want about the dude, he's efficient, you know? Right. I mean, like, gets his ass kicked eventually throughout the movie. I thought we're going to yeah. jump ahead a little bit. Never wins, really, <laughs> on his own. <laughs> but it's still a badass that's, that's in his true. own regard. So the thing about this scene, though, is because I'm like, okay, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, awesome. But then I was confused because this is seen as in 1617. I'm like, did they just introduce these two characters? So I'm like, okay, maybe they want us to think he's a Scorpion. But this theory was further cemented because I don't know if you guys noticed, but at one point during Hanzo and Bihan's fight, uh, Hanzo whips out like a little secret move there, and he gives Bihan a little nut punch. And I don't know about you, but who do we know who does the old nut oh, punch? Oh, I, I watched that, and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> perfect shot. So, he, he had him split open wide and just landed it right in that sack. My first thought was, oh, Marcus is going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing that would have made it better were uh, sunglasses. Um. So at this at this point too, we we do see the actor um, like his full face, you know, who who played Sub Zero behind. And um, I I don't know if you guys have seen Joe Taslim before, but have you seen the Raid Redemption? Um, I, I yeah, it's been a while. Was he in that? Yeah. So the Raid Redemption has got to be probably my all time favorite martial arts movie. Uh, for those that haven't seen it, I highly recommend it's basically like this SWAT team like trying to take down this drug dealer or something in this like compound and they have to go in from the ground and work their way up all these floors to get it's like a real video game type movie but one of the main characters was the guy who played Sub-Zero Joe Taslim and he is actually a real like Indonesian martial artist and uh uh, unfortunately, I don't think we can talk about The Raid Redemption because it really was a great movie. Uh, and if we did, we'd be breaking the rules of our own podcast. But because he's so skilled at so fighting... podcast, we can make the rules. <laughs> we could you turn this what? into a football pad- podcast if we wanted to. <laughs> you know what? Let's do that now. Uh, I gotta go, guys. I uh, gotta microwave my oven. Or whatever. Um <laughs> But because he's such a skilled martial artist, director Simon McCoy actually had to tell him to slow down during his fights because he was moving like too fast for the camera. Um, and I, like, how great of a fighter do you have to be? That's got to be like the biggest compliment as a fighter, right? Hey, you're you're too good. Can you can you like bring it down a notch? You're looking us look like shit. Yeah, and. Uh, so later on, obviously we'll get there when, when Bihan faces off against Jax from the first time. Maycod Brooks, the uh, actor for Jax, said he actually had made the mistake of watching The Raid Redemption uh, after learning that he had to fight Joe Taslim Sub-Zero. 
And again, I can't advocate for this movie enough. It is so good. So so watch that. Even uh, actors on set were like, oh, this guy means business. Get off the raids, dick. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised you aren't, to be honest. I, well, you know what? To be fair, when I was watching the fighting in this, uh, and I was thinking back to the 90s fighting, which was horrible, to be fair. And I was like, man, movies are so much better at this kind of like, uh, close combat fighting, and I was thinking, uh, maybe it was because of like John Wick. But I was then I remind or remembered the raid. I think that's where most people accredit like most of fighting movies now. You know what? That's a great point. I'm glad you brought up the raid, Marcus. It is such a good movie. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it uh, after we hang up here. Great you recommendation, adult. Marcus. Thank you. Um, all right, so wrapping up this scene, we, we see uh, Raiden, our first exposure to Lord Raiden, as he comes in and takes away uh, the stashed baby in the floor, who, gotta say, that baby was silent during that. Um, that baby would absolutely survive in a quiet place. So, kudos to that baby. Uh, Raiden, when I first saw Raiden, the first thing I thought was... Well, at least in this movie, he's not a creepy old white guy telling you to come or whatever Fred <laughs> said last time. <laughs> Very true. And uh, one thing I noticed in this movie is that, yeah, a lot of the cast, they they went with um, like actual Asian actors. So I was actually g- glad that they did that. Um, but yeah, so we, we see Raiden in his full lightning eyed glory here. And he grabs the the crying baby at this point, takes him off into the rain. Now, say what you want about Raiden here. Um, say what you want about his hat, but dude was absolutely protected from the rain. So, good job, for Raiden's hat. Uh, real MVP. So, then it cuts to our next scene, and we are in uh, present day. And that is where we are introduced to our main character, Cole. And we see him uh, taping up his knuckles with a very specific color of tape. Did you guys notice that? Black and yellow. Just just yellow, but yes. <laughs> um, yellow. So they, they use color a lot with Cole. So, you know, he's taping up his hands with yellow. He uh, puts on a black backpack that's got yellow tape on what? it. His, his daughter is... What color, uh, black, what color was the backpack? Was it black? I don't know. I was just saying. So, so <laughs> you're saying yellow. you're saying that Cole is clearly a Steelers fan. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How did I know that's what you're going to say? <laughs> he might be, and I'm guessing that maybe at least one person listening to this uh, saw that movie and th- had the same thoughts. So, but one thing I was actually really glad that they did was, um, like you had mentioned, Marcus, they made the fights more to 2021 standards and you see all like these mortal Kombat games and, and all these iterations of the movies and everyone's a martial arts fighter but now we're introduced to our first star who's an mma fighter and uh i thought that was interesting um he got his ass kicked but you know mma fighter no doubt i felt like it was closer than that referee was like making it sound like <laughs> he's like oh yeah he's he he made it seem like Cole just goes in there just to get his ass kicked, which, I mean, I guess he loses a lot, but that was a close fight. 
but I mean, honestly, it takes like a, a special breed of somebody to just like, hey, like even if I go in there and get my ass kicked, which he did, I'm getting money, you know? Like, I don't know if I could get paid to get my ass kicked every day and just be happy. I do about it for that. free every day. <laughs> you want to talk about it, bud? I don't think I could take a single punch for like a dollar. <laughs> And and even worse is Louis Tan, the actor who played Cole. He did all of his own uh, fights for the movie, so I I don't really I've never seen him before. To be honest, have you have either? I I the only other the only actor I've ever seen in another movie was uh, Hanzo Scorpion, and I don't know his name. What was he in? Uh, I mean, he's been in plenty of things. I think he was in Rush Hour Three. He played. Uh, Jackie Chan's brother, I think, hmm. like adopted brother or something. Louis uh, Tan was in one of the biggest movies of our generation, and he had a huge part in it. I feel like it's gonna be a Hobbs and oh, Shaw. God. What's the joke? <laughs> Say it, I wish it was Hobbs and Shaw. That'd be great. He was in Deadpool too. He was Shatterstar. Dead- Oh, oh, one yeah. of the one of the team that died instantly. <laughs> Sorry if you haven't seen Deadpool too. <laughs> What's he he's really? An alien. Yeah, he's the one that okay. flies into the helicopter. <laughs> like it's like green, right? Yeah. Thing. That whole uh, scene was great. Just hey. to introduce a team to kill them all. I love that. <laughs> Back to the movie though. Back oh, yeah, to that fight. Right. Uh, I. One of the things I, I thought was funny about this movie was how they get so many people to come to this underground, unsanctioned, <laughs> bare-knuckle bo- or MMA fight. Right, and especially because they Cole was like, oh yeah, find someone else who will do this in an hour's notice. So how do they promote this fight within an hour that people would want to come see? Or do they just not care? They're just out for blood. I mean, if you can get hundreds of people to show up to a dinosaur fight i, I think you could get a hundred people to show up to a, a, a amateur ufc fight that's true dinosaurs do fight there's an event here <laughs> where we live dino fight night and i almost went to it uh didn't go to it not a sponsor <laughs> not a sponsor but if they would like to be guys dinosaurs fighting we could talk about that Let's i will see. reference that every time if they want to sponsor us feel free yeah. <laughs> We can we can work it in here, uh, but one person in the audience at this fight of Coles was uh, Mr. Jax here, and he did have a much bigger role than Jax in the original 1995 movie. Um, I did want to point out something about Jax in this scene, though. If you look really closely, there was like a hidden Easter egg here, and that Jax he had did two arms. Of his arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I thought you were going to tell me a real Easter egg. <laughs> no, I, I'm just glad that you got to the joke, too. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, I, I couldn't look too hard at him because it would have made me too hard. Nice. Nice. Uh, um, and honestly, like, Jax is looking real impressed with Cole. And then he, like, he he walked in after the fight had already started. And he sees two guys fighting. He's like, yeah, I like that guy. And then he loses. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, then, you know, conversation. He, he compliments his tattoo. Hey, bro, I like your dragon tattoo. That's pretty sick. Uh, Cole, the boy with the dragon tattoo, is like, hey, thanks. I, I've had it since birth. You know uh, what? I think thanks, we weirdo. Do. Bye. 
because I think we should just change this podcast now to us just retelling the movie, dialogue and all, but make our own dialogue. Because I feel like that that was way better. (laughs) Hey, bro, I like that too. Thanks, man. Yeah, all right. I'll see you later. (laughs) Is that not just... Tell me that's not what happened. I watched this movie today, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Seen it two times in, a, in like a span of five months. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, so then we have uh, Cole taking his fresh earned money and bringing his family out to uh, the old burger shop there while they uh, are eating, and then it starts snowing, and then. You know, we're introduced to or reintroduced to our, our pal Bihan now, but something's a little off because he looks very similar to the one that we saw before um, in 1617. Um, so I just got to say, Sub-Zero looking great for 400 something years old. He was probably like, what, 40 in that first fight scene? 30 something? Well, you missed the Easter egg. He's he's dressed in blue. <laughs> yeah. Can't give all the Easter eggs away, dude. <laughs> you gotta find them. That's the point of Easter, I think. Right? I don't know. Bunnies and shit. I think that's the point of eggs. Um, there is another. There is another little Easter egg here in this scene, though, that I wanted to bring up. And uh, so, so all this like it starts snowing and shit, and like the hailing, and then Jax pulls up and he opens the door and he yells, "Cole, get in the truck." Now, if you notice, he was driving an SUV, so he was statistically inaccurate about that. And he reaches uh, out his arm <laughs> to get him in. That he still has. These Easter eggs are, are right. all over this movie. So, so, really quick, with these Easter eggs, I feel like just if you have any knowledge of the Mortal Kombat universe... This couldn't have been the best movie that it could have been just because of what your expectations are, right? Like, if we all know at some point, okay, something's got to happen to Jax because, you know, arms. But uh, if you didn't know anything about this, do you enjoy this movie more? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily that you would assume that he's going to lose his arms. I mean, in the first game, he does not have the the metal arms, so... It could have been just him with his arms the entire movie. And if he That's was going to get metal arms, it doesn't have to necessarily be him losing the arms. It could have been just enhancements. That is true. Arms or not, Jax definitely was armed because he does take out some heavy, uh, heavy, heavy weaponry here. And he decides to take on... Um, Sub-Zero in this abandoned warehouse or something by himself. Sub-Zero who has Mike Myers speed, apparently. (laughs) Jackson, everybody drive Uh, off for like 10 minutes. Please correct yourself and say Michael Myers. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Myers is known for a lot of things. I don't know if speed was one of them. You might be thinking of Keanu Reeves. took a lot of speed. (laughs) We shouldn't really talk about it on this podcast, but he took a lot of speed. You don't think somebody's that funny without taking speed. I said he was on SNL in like the 90s. Oh, so it was just part of the culture? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was uh, part of the uh, the welcome committee. Welcome to SNL. Here's your speed. 
our attorneys are actually um, liking us to say that this is indeed a joke for for reasons that we uh, you know don't want to be sued. We don't have any budget. So and again, don't tell us if you've killed people. <laughs> Can't emphasize this enough. You can, as long as you say, just kidding, at the end of it. I think that's just the rule for everything in life, right? But no winking, no winking faces <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Um, so now we have the the ultimate face-off of Jax versus Sub-Zero here. And wouldn't you know it, something happens to Jax's arms. Um, and they get frozen off. But I do want to point out a little Easter egg here. <laughs> Two like two seconds before the arm thing happened, um, Jax is you know getting his ass kicked by Sub Zero, and then I think maybe in an attempt to psych himself back in, uh, he says, "I did six tours, motherfucker," or something to that yeah. degree. Now they never specifically said what branch he was in, but do you guys think it was the army? Army. <laughs> <laughs> before we get too far uh i did have a question even sure. right after Jax tells cole where to go in gary indiana the address do you guys remember the address because no. how how do how do people in movies remember that kind of stuff like, like, oh, like he just verbally told yeah, him. Yeah, he's like, uh, go to blah 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 in Gary, Indiana. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Like, oh, I'm on yeah. my way. <laughs> and like they never acknowledge it again. He knows exactly where to go. For all he knows, Jax is dead. Life and death situations. I think it would be a different scenario. I think you'd be pretty keyed in at that point. I don't but... know. <laughs> I think I'm concentrated yeah. on <laughs> on the guy attacking us. I mean, I like to think I'm pretty cool, calm, and collected, but the second shit hits the fan, I'm like, what do I do? I'm sorry, what? Can you give me detailed instructions again? So, I, I'm with Marcus. I would absolutely not remember what's happening if someone's trying to kill me. Well, I hope you're with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I am too. Did they did they say where this happens? Because how far away was Gary, Indiana from wherever they were? I don't know the city that this was. I don't know if they said. I assumed it was california but i don't know so if so he just drives a a truck to indiana from california well i guess it couldn't be california because the guy was like at the end when he talks about going to hollywood true so who knows right i don't know um but yeah so he he does drive up to gary indiana to meet sonia blade and like the way he entered her property, I guess he just like backs the SUV up and then like jumps the fence off of it and left um, the car on. Yeah, with the lights going and everything. That really like, pissed me off. Don't want to don't want to draw attention to it or anything. You know, he's trying to sneak onto the compound. Uh, so uh, obviously, he doesn't make it very far where he's met with um, some resistance here. And he gets some legs wrapped around his head. And guys, I'm going to say something really <laughs> controversial right here. <laughs> but I can choose how I'm going to die. <laughs> Cole, if you would have died right there, would have been all right. Just saying. That's the way he to got, go out. He got the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even he have to, to die. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, though, I don't know if you caught this Easter egg. So they go inside. 
and she has knives everywhere or also known as blades holy shit oh shit sonia blade do you think she's a blade oh blade fan i was gonna say (laughs) no you're probably Um, right yeah so so i i do love that like okay so this time they actually do say that she's special forces where I, i know that we talked about that last time about how like just are outside of the movie knowledge so right away they, they've taken that off the the table that she's special forces and she's showing uh, us her charlie day conspiracy wall about mortal Kombat. and uh it's funny uh because cole actually is like oh they, they even they spelled it wrong looking at mortal Kombat that on the wall great. yeah that was perfect and then i was like oh why do they even spell it wrong to begin with and what actually didn't take too long to find um when looking at the photograph with mortal Kombat on it cole says combat was spelled incorrectly when the original game mortal Kombat in 1992 was being developed it was originally titled combat with a c but there was difficulty in securing that title for some reason uh the video game designer steve ritchie suggested renaming the game to combat with a k with creator ed boone observing the strikingly misspelled title uh it helped draw attention so they're like eh, just just typo it up and uh that, that'll fix it and here we are 20 30 30 years later a typo made it 30 years so just think about that when you think that your mistakes don't amount to anything you had to put a number on it make us feel old again Real i mean i don't cool, know about you bro. but I felt old from, from movie one. <laughs> I don't know about you. My body makes me feel old. My back always hurts. Knees. The fact that I stand up and everything cracks and like not in like a aw oh, that felt good way, you know? I don't know. Uh it's called Rotten Gems because it was a gem, but it's just got too old. <laughs> <laughs> we are the rotten gems. Yeah. Um, so what I love about this scene in particular is in particular, is that Sonya goes through this whole explanation of the history of Mortal Kombat, everything she's able to, she was able to uncover, and uh, and you know telling Cole all about it, and then we notice that she has a prisoner tied up in the next room, Mister Kano, and this I have to say that was the longest that Kano had shut up the entire movie <laughs> was that little two minute explanation, um, but we are revealed. Or we are introduced to Kano here, um, Australian, but I, there was a little Easter egg or something about him <laughs> that I don't know if you guys noticed, and that's in that his face was fully intact. So we know something has to happen at some point, right? Well, there was another Easter egg you missed. If you if you pause on the scene where he's saying he has to go pee, right in the bottom left corner of the screen, there's a cane. For walking Kane O. Boom. Oh my. They're, these people are geniuses. How did this movie score so low? Don't look at it. It's a lot of depth here. Uh, speaking of things written on the wall, I, I did actually notice, I forgot to mention it, the uh, Jackson Sub Zero fight. There was a wall during that fight that had a down arrow, a right arrow, an LP sprayed it, sprayed, uh, spray painted on it. And it was actually the video game command for Sub Zero's ice freeze move. <laughs> I like how the one actual Easter egg that you have <laughs> commented on, you did not mention it being an Easter egg. Oh, so you have a problem with my Easter eggs? <laughs> no, no, you're not pointing out that that yeah. was an Easter egg. 
Yeah, I know it's November now, and they, they probably don't taste good, but they're still perfectly good Easter egg. A little bit of a Thanksgiving stuffing for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, back to Kano. So we're talking about all the, uh, the Mortal Kombat tournaments and um, the markings. There's more history revealed about the markings. And uh, I love the part where Cole's talking to Sonya, and he's like, oh, where's your marking? And she's like, I don't have one. You're Kano in the background. (laughs) 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 So right off the bat, they they took the Johnny Cage comedic effect and absolutely applied it to Kano in this movie. No, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement about that. 100%. So this is where we meet our, our favorite lovable Australian, but we also met another familiar face maybe not so familiar in that they didn't look anything like they did in the first movie um but this is where we meet our new and improved reptile somebody got an upgrade with two d's for a a double (laughs) dose of pimping who would win in a fight present day reptile or previous reptile it depends on if he goes into uh, a a thing that eats some alive I think either way, the answer is 2021 reptile. So so we look back at the old one from 95, and we couldn't help but shit all over that CGI. So let's, this one is absolutely much better to, to today's standards because it was made this year. But I guess we have to check back in 26 years and see how this reptile holds up. <laughs> it probably won't. But... It probably won't. Uh, I thought you were going to say, we probably won't be yeah, alive. we probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> Told you guys, we feel old. <laughs> Our bodies are telling us something. Uh, sure. This reptile was was a lot cooler. Uh, but it's still, I don't know, still didn't do it for me. No. Still just wanted green scorpion. Yeah, they, they mean, took, it, uh, I think, a lot the, of expectations. standard anymore. Yeah. Even yeah, that's games. what I was going to say. I don't know. I I haven't kept up with uh, the current Mortal Kombat. So I know there is more of a storyline, and I know the characters have changed. But yeah, I don't know how how much they've changed. Uh, but can I also say on the topic of the Mortal Kombat characters, like I I don't know how like licensing and rights work, especially when you're making. A movie that's not an original idea but did anybody else feel like the characters they got they just like all right give us as many characters as you can and i know that that means we have to get bottom of the barrel so they're cheaper like i feel like they could have got much better characters like like uh freaking natara uh raiko like come on like, i don't know yeah, they, they pulled those out, and I was just like, who the fuck are these right. guys? Well, and uh, on the wall or whatever, they did show, I think, what what's his name? Nightwolf? Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, the when she was like, some of creatures from other planets or whatever, I don't know what she said. Uh, I think one of those was also a character, I don't one of the newer lady alien characters. Yeah, and then a little later, um, when you do see on display in Raiden's Temple, I did see, um, I think it was K- Katana's fan blade. Yep. So that was like little little references at least. But I'm just cu- I was just curious if if they had to like pay 
money per person that they had from the game in there and that some characters like obviously johnny cage would be up there right well and then they chose to just create a <laughs> a new character just for the movie i'm pretty sure cole is not in the games yeah no. he's original and i wonder if they made because obviously i i think a game has come out since I, i'm with you i haven't played a game in mortal kombat game since i don't know like xbox one day it's really uh, not that long ago but... no, it really isn't it, it, it took I mean, me until saying that to realize like oh my god i am up to date on the on the newest game and, and i can tell you for a fact he does not exist i wonder if he will at some point i mean i'm sure he will probably yeah, dlc probably. gaming companies love to drain us of our money but that's true real, real quick back to the reptile fight I wanted to talk about this a little bit because this came up in the the last podcast we did about the original where somebody was complaining, I think it was your review, about a heartfelt piece uh, of the movie. And I'm shocked that they they scored this as low as they did because now you have Kano reaching into Reptile's chest, pulling out his heart. You cannot get more heartfelt than that. And I think that was a direct response to your review. <laughs> your response to that review heartfelt literally you said that knowing that we would talk about this movie you planted that maybe i did maybe i did (laughs) uh i did like how they they killed this reptile more and then they they used like uh kano took a flare stabbed it through a knife and then stabbed reptile with a knife so you always did see him but he didn't pull his heart out too quickly because Reptile was able to get off a mark on Kano's face. Big old scratch down his, uh, his side of his old noggin there, giving him a look that made him look a little bit more like I'm used to seeing him. Easter egg alert. <laughs> but lucky for us, according to Kano, lucky for him, you could hardly notice it. <laughs> Yeah, Kano was hilarious. I died that at that line. That was perfect. All right, guys. Anything else on this scene before we move on to the gang meeting up at Raiden's uh, Temple? Kano's pretty good at drawing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why Cole cool. was like unimpressed by the his graphic novel. You draw something real, real quick, jackass. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that did make me actually ask a, a question here. Um, so Kano, after he's done drawing Reptile, um. You know, Cole is not a fan, right? And he, uh, you know, responds to Cole's criticism by saying, all the best artists are a little twisted in me. So I just need to ask, what do you think about that, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Our resident Rotten Gems artist. I'm very twisted. Inside. You can't see, listeners, but Marcus is holding up twisted teeth. He's not. (laughs) (laughs) He just chucked it at somebody. What the hell? I'm twisted. <laughs> I'm a little bit crazy. These. All right, so this is where the gang gets uh, dropped out of a plane and then walks 26 miles when they could have just flown to the spot where they needed to drop. But hey, I'm not here to criticize that part. But they make it to uh, Raiden's Temple here. I thought somewhere. the same thing. So why didn't they just get <laughs> fly a little bit closer? He had a GPS the whole time. 
You guys don't know. I how mean, the GPS was. was wrong. <laughs> we don't know how airplanes work, kids. <laughs> I don't know. Fly zone. <laughs> no fly zone. There's uh, there's been a lot of thunderstorms in the area. Maybe. <laughs> uh, See, that would make sense. What, what, what was the movie? <laughs> Hold on, tangent here. What was the movie where uh, someone's like on visiting like a Native American tribe, and he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, this guy died. He was struck by thunder." And someone's like, "You can't be struck by thunder." And the guy just looks at him and he nods. Yes, you can. Does that movie sound familiar to either of you? No, but I agree with the guy. I can be struck <laughs> by thunder. Oh, whoa! Was that thunder? I am struck. <laughs> Fair. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So here is where we meet somebody. Um, and I want to know your guys' thoughts here because we have seen multiple Mortal Kombat movies with this character at the center focus. So it's kind of interesting to see Liu Kang as a side character in this movie. Uh, I just personally don't know if Liu Kang is that interesting of a character to make another movie about his, his focus. So Personally, I didn't mind the change, although, like, what we're left with is Cole. Cole <laughs> I was going to ask, say, is Cole any better? <laughs> He's not, but, I like, for one movie, if we're given Cole, a guy we don't know anything about, I would take that over Liu Kang, who we already know everything about as the main character, personally. No, I'd agree. Um, but definitely the the new Luke Canning right away. The first thing we see him do is throw a fireball at Kano. Love this guy already, you know. Um, which do fireballs hurt? Is it impact? Or is it is it fire? Uh, it like, we can test it. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like Kano just got pelted with something, and he fell down, and he stood right back up. And it's like, okay, what part of that hurt? Was it the impact or was it the fire? I don't know. I would Hot say takes the fire here, part, but. Yeah, to your point, like what is fire? Like, like it can't fire impact you. It's not a solid, right? Would would it have hurt more, less, the same if Luke Kang just chucked a baseball at his chest? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but now then we then we go inside, um, and you know we're 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 getting a look at the the uh, temple here. Um, Kano steals uh, Doctor Strange's necklace, and then. Luke Kang makes him put it back. Um, but this is where we actually see Jax again. Um, sometimes, though, um, when movies progress and you see character growth, um, you can see the progress of that character growth. And now we see Jax with no arms, indicating that his story hey, is about to unfold. He has little nubbies. He still has arms. <laughs> That's true. Uh uh, but we'll get to his arms here a little later. Um, so he is there in a coma. They had they had found him. They're they're trying their best to, um, I don't know, heal him the best that they can in very short notice because this tournament is fast approaching. Um, but after uh, we we get a look at Jax and, and, and some of the key players here. Um, that is where Sub-Zero comes to the temple, and we uh, met a new temple badass here, Mr. Kung Lao himself. Um, now, right away, the first time I watched this movie, I was a little shocked because they made Liu Kang in the first movie say he was a descendant of Kung Lao, 
and now you see him and Kung Lao in the same room. They also say that Kung Lao is a descendant of Kung Lao, so I was a little confused about that. I don't know enough Mortal Kombat lore, so what do you guys think about Kung Lao? Well, Kung Lao is a descendant of Kung Lao, who's a descendant of Kung Lao, who is an offspring of Kung Lao. If I'm remembering, really remembering my history right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, his entrance was sick. I noted that. <laughs> like, huh? I noted that too. I, I literally <laughs> wrote number one entry Kung Lao. That was dope. <laughs> Throws his hat and then jumps out the ground. And it's like, now, where'd he come from? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he throws his hat, and then, you know, it's, ex- it's explained to them, moving forward a little bit, that they have to unlock their arcana, which is something that they did. Um, that, was, that was a new concept for this movie. Because, obviously, like in the games and other movies, it's just like an enhancement of some sort, you know. Um, but here they, they tied it all to everybody has like a hidden power, hidden arcana within them. Then you get um, Kano basically reducing the concept of arcana down to just a couple sentences, and it's perfect. So Kano says, just circling back on those superpowers, I think I get it now. It's kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Is it going to be fireballs? Is it going to be lightning? Huh? Could be shit. Could be a frisbee hat. <laughs> And I have to say, of the powers, do you think Kung Lao was pissed when he just one day threw his hat to somebody because someone's like, hey, toss me that hat. He's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Did you guys see how smooth that flew over there? (laughs) Well, I mean, he did jump out of the ground. So (laughs) I don't think his hat was necessarily necessarily his only superpower. Do you think he found out that, like, he thought the hat throwing was his arcana at first, and he was just like, okay, that's cool, I guess, or I can throw my hat really, really, really good. And then another day he teleports, and he's just like, oh, shit, I can teleport. That's my actual arcana. Right, and if the hat throwing is not his arcana, like, okay, I get it. You have magic, whatever, right? Boomerang hats, though, like... What is this, Captain America's shield now? Like, what? I don't know. Like, I mean, the math that it takes to get that to bounce right back to you, that's pretty impressive. But it was, I think it was more than math, because later on, when we talk about his amazing kill, he, like, puts his hand out, and in true Captain America fashion, summons the, summons the hat back to him, right? So, so it's like a combo of Captain America and Thor. What if Captain America was badass and wore a hat? Kung Lao. Are you talking hot shit takes. about Captain America, you motherfucker? No, I'm not, but these are the hot <laughs> takes that people come to. Come to Rotten Gems for. <laughs> so then we see, uh, we go back to Jax a little bit here. and He's waking up um, healed, uh, according to the previous scene. They were trying to heal him. And their way of healing him was giving him um, some some tiny little baby robotic limbs, right? And, you know, he stands up, and McCod Brooks obviously jacked for this role. Like, no, no pun intended there. Um, hey, guys, a little Easter egg. Jax <laughs> got jacked for the role. So, uh, anyway, then he starts, you know, facing off against the punching bag, and, and he's just fed up. It's not working for him. Um, but my question is, like, have you guys seen this temple? It looks like they haven't yet been introduced to electricity that's not Raiden. 
So where did they immediately get all of this like tech uh, and have it ready on hand and have doctors that knew how to surgically implant this on Jax in what seemed like a day? That that I think they answered that where when Sonia originally shows up, they ask like what happened and Liu Kang says they've been exploring all of Outworld and other worlds for a way to heal him. So I think they just went to another world and found a way to heal him. So, so my question in response to that is, if they have all of this, like they have all these realms to go and grab things and make that better, why they still live in like the way that they live at that temple? Let me stop you there because I think what your actual question is: if his dick got cut off, would they be able to build a mechanical dick? I mean, that to wasn't my that, question, yes. but now, holy shit! <laughs> That's his arcana. <laughs> Just like a, a super ground pound happens, and they're like, "What happened? I, I can see your arms this whole time." <laughs> Look below. <laughs> Is that a tail? <laughs> Close. It's a front tail. Um, so then um, we go on to dinner. Another scene um, where they are eating in Mortal Kombat, but are interrupted by some crazy shit happening. And um, the crazy shit was they just pissed Kano off because wouldn't you? Like that guy seemed like he'd be fun to piss off. Oh, you yeah. know, like those people that you're like, watch, I could say anything and this guy will get mad. And that's what happened. I, I believe so those are called Kana. Karens. <laughs> but here's the thing. Karens think that they're honestly in the right. Right? Didn't Does Kano? Kano? <laughs> <laughs> no, but my point is that the people that that we're trying to piss off Kano, I think we're just doing it to piss him off, which is not something Karen's do, right? No, you saying Kano's a Karen. Yeah, he was saying it's fun to piss off Karen. Yeah, I actually read a little Easter egg. They were actually going to go uh, and name him Karen, but they didn't want uh, people with a certain haircut to be offended. So. The original translation of Kano is Karen. Bro. You know, the boatsman that takes you to River Sticks after you die. This scene Karen. actually pissed me off a little bit because the entire time Liu Kang and Kung Lao are saying that they essentially have to beat the shit out of you in order to get your arcana to come out and they just piss off Kano. But they continue to beat the shit out of Cole. <laughs> Statistically speaking, arcana doesn't seem to be coming from just getting the shit beat out of you. <laughs> well, that that's a good point. Uh... Because what what is getting the shit beat out of you? To some, it's got to be physical. To some, it's got to be mental and, and emotional, right? So what does that say when you have to emotionally beat the shit out of Kato to unlock his powers? I think what this, the whole premise of this movie is that some people need therapy really badly. So you're saying this movie is pro-bullying. I mean, with a purpose, right? Like, just because a movie shows bullying doesn't mean it's it's... It's bad inherently. So, but kids, if, if you're message... listening, when you're at school and you want to help a fellow <laughs> schoolmate, just bully him. Unlock his arcana. Yeah, and then, if he shoots lasers out of his eyes afterwards, you did a good job. But only in that instance. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, then after the fight, uh, Kano gets his power. Cole's having a little, little tantrum because he doesn't have a power. He doesn't really know what's going to happen. And. Uh, Raiden makes him a door to go home. Um, 
and he just like lets him leave and he shows up to wherever his his family's staying. This is when uh, we we see the Shang Tsung crew, which, by the way, like obviously I know that these are not the same cast members, but the one that I was hurting the most by was Shang Tsung. Such a personality in the original movie, and I I just didn't feel like this this adaptation of Shang Tsung even held a candle to the original. Oh, I agree. The 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 '90s Shang Tsung was so much better. I felt like he was more intimidating. Yeah, and this just seemed like a a guy. Oh, I don't know. he's another actor that I've seen before. He was in uh, uh, The Dark Knight. He's the the, the Shang Tsung. Yeah, he's the guy that uh, Batman has to bring back. He's the one he kidnaps That's... out of the building. Like, yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, he's 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 just like a small dude. <laughs> it's like I'm not intimidated by this guy. Hmm. I mean, like when you say small, is he like actually short? Like how how do you have an intimidating bad guy and have them be like do you think he was standing on a box? Well, fun I mean, fact. I'm not going to make fun of short people. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact, I don't know if you guys I I mentioned to you this uh, this to you guys in person, but John Taffer on Bar Rescue uh, stands on a box to seem more intimidating. <laughs> so if you didn't know that, uh, you can feel better in knowing that John Taffer is insecure about that. And to Marcus's point, there's nothing wrong with being short. But if you try to hide it, then you're just setting yourself up for bullying, which is okay as long as you then shoot laser beams out of your mouth. I know what I'm doing next time we get in an argument, Brett. I'm just going to get on a box. You're not going to be able to handle it. We're going to be eye level. Yeah, I, almost. I don't, I don't really argue with people that are my height, just because no one usually is. So yeah, we'll have to see what that's like. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. No, I deserve that. Um, so now we meet our uh, guardians of the galaxy here from Outworld. We got the team of Natara, Cabal, Raiko, Melina. And not pictured in this scene, but somewhere else, is our old-time favorite, our boy Goro. Prince Um, Goro. Prince Goro. Now, i got to ask you guys, I have an opinion, but I'm curious to see yours about uh, Goros between the movies. What are you you guys' thoughts on this, Goro? uh, I have a quick Easter egg. (laughs) Did you know that uh, this Goro was... Actually, two guys standing <laughs> on top of each other with their four are controlling the four arms. That's what bugged okay. me. That's that bugged me because I was like taken out of the movie because their arms weren't moving at the same time, <laughs> like they were on strings. So that really bugged me. So, so here's the thing, right? Like, Jurassic Park holds up because they use animatronics, not CGI, right? Everything in this movie that was supernatural or magic of some sort was CGI. So in the future, 26 years from now, when we rewatch this again for our new podcast, The Rottenest of Gems, is this movie going to hold up at all in relation to how the first one did? Because the first one at least had animatronics, it had fighting behind it. What's this one going to have in 26 years? Well, in 26 years, we're actually going to have superpowers. 
we won't have the need for CGI, we're actually going to have these abilities and these mutants. That is a good question. So what would your guys' arcana be? Because we know that it's something closely related to you, right? Like, Kano has an, a laser beam, because obviously he can shoot fire. So what would your guys' be? What did you say? I, I, I said mine would be having big man titties. You know, just slap people <laughs> with them. <laughs> I, I would hope mine would have to do with some kind of art drawing or something. Just a sigh from Narkin. Uh Mine would be having the ability to extend my penis to the bathroom so I don't have to get up to go pee. I can just do it from the room I'm in. So it only also like has too much yeah. or two more inches? It also it also has other <laughs> practical uses, but you know, that's that's a that's another podcast. <clears throat> You're really learning a lot about us this episode <laughs> and I'm jealous of you. All true. <laughs> Um, so, with with that being said, though, in the movie, who has the dopest Arcana? So, fast forwarding, everybody has their Arcana. We've seen everybody's Arcana. Who has the best one? Well, okay. Before I can answer this question, I need to get through some of my complaints about some of their Arcanas. And then once we, the three of us, collectively decide... Complaints? Yes. Well, not, I guess not so much complaints, I but questions. I do have a complaint about the movie. It's it's something small. It's Cabal's voice. I don't know why they chose Amanda. that voice for Cabal. <laughs> it does He's not the Mandalorian. Match. Huh? He's the Mandalorian. <laughs> right? But he's like a I New Yorker Mandalorian. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't it it just doesn't seem like it matches what he looks like. I mean, say what you will about Cabal, but I would watch an entire movie of him and Kano back and forth just talking. Because the very first interaction we see between Cabal and Kano, Cabal comes up to him, well, 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 you backstabbing, two-faced, ugly motherfucker. Which is how you New Yorkers greet each other, right? So I, I don't think that you're <laughs> far off, Marcus. <laughs> just a buddy cop movie with Cabal and Kano? I'm so there for that. <laughs> but... Anyways, back to your question. Uh, so, I guess, hold on. So, complaints here about the Arcanas before we can discuss, right? So, fast forwarding, we have uh, Cole versus Goro, right? Cole's Arcana comes out when Goro starts to threaten his family. So, Cole gets this freaking dope-ass metallic armor-looking thing, right? Um, I do have a few uh, observations, complaints, and questions. Probably in that order. So observations. First off, um, I'm noticing that he gets this armor and then every time he gets hit, he lights up. Um, so Cole would be a great opponent in laser tag because he cannot lie. Um, My guess also... on that armor, sorry, real quick. My guess on that armor is that it's kind of like Black Panther's Yeah, armor. storing storing the kinetic energy or something. Yeah. That's, that's what, that was my thought. Um, but also, like, he'd be great to go camping with, you know? Just like, oh, I can't see. Uh, he just, like, punches his chest a few <laughs> times, and he's good to go. Um, but also, yeah, so so they never really explicitly said what his power is, but I drew that same conclusion. Like, the more he got hit, 
he turned it in he turned that kinetic energy into either a super punch or manifesting bladed tonfa in his hand or something um was it getting so, hit anywhere or did he have to get hit in like the arms and torso because it seems so to that, just cover that that's a great question because that is actually my my question and is it just his torso that's covered because so you want to see else, under his pants wouldn't you well, i mean like, I, I wanted that before the scene <laughs> like is it just his torso or does he straight up have like an armadillo dick thing going on here <laughs> is it, does, does it cover his like uh, like underwear or does it like wrap around his penis okay <laughs> so that brings me to my third question that i had written down and it's what happened to his shirt <laughs> because he's wearing a shirt right and then the the armor happens and it encases over his shirt. So I would like to think that the armor is just an extension of his skin, right? So if his skin is now over his shirt, is his shirt absorbed in his skin? Or when that goes, the armor dissipates or whatever, his shirt's there again. I don't know, and but I feel gross the latter, if that's the case. Yeah, if it's the latter... Can we just have Cole go into armor mode and then skin him and make armor suits for people and just keep doing that? I don't know. There's many practical uses of Cole's armor here. But, I mean, his power is just to get the, the shit beat out of him, which is which he's the, great entire, the entire movie. Yeah. So, all in all, Cole's power, pretty cool. Don't understand it all the way, but pretty cool. And <laughs> I don't get, get it. it. I don't want to get it. <laughs> Yeah. I like it. If you are one who frequently gets the shit beat out of you, Cole's powers for you. I recommend it. But then we, you know, we go on and we unveil everybody else's powers in the fight, you know, right? We have Sonya's uh killing Kano, right? And uh gotta say, he didn't die in as satisfying a way as he did in the first movie. It was satisfying for other reasons, of course, but not for um, him. Yeah. You know, not for him. Lawn, death by lawn? No, like, wouldn't like that. But then uh, the very next scene, Sonya's there and she's already unlocked hers. So I would like to make the case that Sonya is the most efficient out of all of them. Like it took her all of, what, 10 minutes to unlock her power? I think probably killing Kano was probably like what unlocked her arcana. That was her life's purpose to kill mm -hmm. that guy? That's fair. I get it. Yeah. So... But she hers was like she only super did it powerful. <laughs> she shot, and it literally went through. Uh, what was Melina? Melina. Melina. Yeah. So that's a contender for sure. So then we have Kung Lao, which we've seen because he chucked his hat at Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung does one of those like badass like, oh, I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going to tilt my head a little bit and it's going to fly by. Hit the wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hit you with this hat. Uh uh, nah uh. Yeah, no, I'm going to do this. No, bro. Shang Tsung gives him the old razzle dazzle head tilt and it just hits the wall, and then he like sticks his hand out and summons the the frisbee hat again and puts it into the ground, uh, and rotates it. And turns uh, Natara into two Nataras, which was my favorite kill of the whole movie. Don't know about you guys, but that was badass. I wrote down and... that was the best fatality. Yes. What and did he say afterwards? 
And he said... Flawless victory! And this time... It was the only time said in the movie, and it was accurate. Yeah, 100% <laughs> only time accurate. <laughs> yes, they learn. Yeah, uh, we couldn't have been the only ones to complain about that the last time. <laughs> it's like none of these are flawless <laughs> victories. Plus, we complained about it after this movie was out, so none of our complaints did anything for anybody else anyway. So, um, well, somebody's so, arcana is time travel. Okay, I think you're just crossing into my hero academia uh, zone here with quirks. Uh, so, Kung Lao, a contender, right? So then, we get to Jax. And Jax is where I'm a little hung up. Because, like, they give Jax just bigger arms, you know? And it was only a drawback because of how small his arms were initially. And possibly a robot dick. That was that, that's... that's still out the window. We're not sure about that, right? We're we're not sure about that yet. But so yeah, they basically just give Jax's arms the old Tony Stark special, right? So Kung Lao is Captain America's shield, and Jax is Tony Stark's suit. So I guess my question is, is like, so later on in the movie, after all the fighting's done, Jax is still standing there with his beefy arms. Does he just have them now, or at some point do they get downgraded back to their regular size? Yeah, I don't. I think he just has them. Uh, I think Cole, if he wanted to, he could probably just hang out in his armor the whole time. Right. So, so I guess, I guess, my question is, is to determine who had the coolest. Is that if Jax could deactivate his arms, then put on bigger arms, then reactivate it and make those bigger arms even better? That's a world of possibility. And then my vote would be for Jax. But, <laughs> but eventually become more armed than man. Isn't he already? <laughs> I think Jax probably has the worst one because what if he never lost his arms? Yeah, well, what would his, his thing? Well, I mean, would it just be his fist then? I mean, he did smash Taser face. I mean, Raiko right in the face, which, by the way, the guy looked just like Taserface, right? Did anybody else think that? Yeah, uh, that scene kind of bummed me out because they set up that scene like the stage in Mortal Kombat where if you uppercut somebody, they fall into the fall spikes. Spikes or something? Yeah, and they don't do that. I was waiting for the uppercut right at the end, but never happens. I mean, right. and they could have done uh, Best of Both Worlds on that where they uppercut him, knocks his head off, but his body still flies down and gets spiked. That's or maybe true. just the head flies down and gets spiked. We should be writers. <sighs> Consult us on the next Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> but either way, like I'm happy with how the scene played out because Jax did get to deliver one of my favorite lines of the movie. And he, after he killed him, he smashed his head in, which I'm pretty sure that move directly came from the game. So, And a lot of moves uh, in this movie came from the game. So that was that was great. Um, but I expect, like, when he smashed Reiko's head in, I expected him to say fatality right there. But instead, we got, yeah, these motherfuckers work, which probably a better line than fatality <laughs> Ten anyway. Times better. <laughs> yeah. More realistic. So I, I don't think anybody would just be walking around and kill somebody and be like, fatality. 
Well, uh, uh, funny you mention that Somebody because does that's exactly that, right? what happened in the next scene <laughs> with Luke Kang and Cabal. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got to talk about Luke Kang and Cabal here. So Cabal, I don't really know too much about. I think he's like a, Cabal. a speedster kind of guy. Was he speeding or just teleporting? He's speedy. Speed, yeah. And and the reason he wears that suit is he's been like viciously burned. So Liu Kang killing him with fire <laughs> is even more savage than it shows. <laughs> That's fair, and with a literal dragon too. So that was that was pretty badass. That was awesome because it makes you think of Mortal Kombat. The I think they start doing it in the second. The original one. Oh, was it, it the, the second, second one or the first one? One of them, where he like turns like dragon and bites people's heads off, just like he does with the fire dragon in this one. I mean, so. He, uh, yeah, after seeing that, I was like, okay, this Liu Kang is badass. I what I guess what I would have liked to see was 1995 Liu Kang play this Liu Kang in this exact movie, and that would have been the perfect Liu Kang for me, to be honest. Uh, just because I loved Robert Chu, he was so great, and he was hilarious, and I loved it all. But I think he might have aged out by this point. Probably, yeah, because that was 1995, and he was, had to be in his prime around that time, right? I say that like I'm not just some overweight guy sitting here talking about a movie <laughs> that nobody will ever listen to. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, uh, and then we have uh, Sub Zero versus Cole here after all the fights, um, and we see some of Sub Zero's Ar- Arcana here. Um, which is that an Arcana? I mean, I guess he was just. Ice? Yeah. It has to be. Unlocked it like 400 years ago or whatever. Yeah. That's true. But then we see our final arcana of the game, where in true WWE fashion, Mr. Hanzo himself interrupts this no DQ match uh, and comes in and uh, says his one and only English line in the movie fans may recognize Get over here. And that was great. And so we saw a lot of uh, Hanzo's great moves in this. Which Except, hold on, I want to I want to complain about the get over here thing. I feel like that should have been a Japanese too, because not that I don't think that he could have learned English in hell <laughs> in three hundred. They, they do have plus a great years. education program, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he continually talks to Cole. The whole time in Japanese. Cole doesn't know Japanese. <laughs> that, okay, so what's funny is I wrote that down. I was like, does Cole know Japanese? <laughs> so, but he last seems th- to understand everything he tells him. He's yeah. just shaking his head. He's just like, I have no fucking clue what that guy just said. <laughs> just get out so, of his way. <laughs> so, so I literally wrote this down. Hanzo says to Cole, you have freed me. Take care of my bloodline. So two things about that. One, does Cole know what the fuck he's saying? He's just like, okay, cool. Uh... Sure. Yeah. Uh, he like he 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 never confirms or denies. He just is looking at him like, yeah, no, for sure. But also, did Hanzo just tell this guy to go fuck some more? <laughs> Take yeah. care of my bloodline. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Bring some more. So honestly, in the immortal words of Raiden, you can come. more to it than that no that's it that's all i heard yeah uh incredible 
So I, at this point, out of everyone's, uh, oh wait, I forgot one, uh, Melina. She just kind of opens her mouth a little bit more, which. <laughs> yeah, which, I don't know I don't if she like, has Arcana because she's an alien or whatever. So her yeah. Arcana I mean, is. Sometimes though, it, it's. How, do you want to know how I got these scars? That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Sometimes though, I I do try to bite an apple and it's a little too big, and I'm like, damn! If only I was Melina, this. <laughs> if only I had. If only I could open my mouth yeah. a little bit longer or larger, and her teeth morph, don't they? Like they become spikier, or are they just always spiked? She just, no, they I, don't really I, have I watched, a good dental plan in Outworld. No, I specifically These watched at the beginning of the movie, and she has like pretty jacked up teeth, but at the end they're like fangs. So that might be her yeah. arcana. She could also just be British. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Low blow, man. <laughs> hey. We just lost all of our listeners. All four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think you overshot it by three. <laughs> uh, all right. So knowing now what we know about everyone's arcana, uh, now I think we can appropriately say who our favorites is. So you start, Keenan. You pose the question initially. Who's your favorite? I wrote down Sonia. That was one shot, one kill. You're done. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's straight to the point. Keenan, what you, or yeah, yeah, Marcus, what you got? I think the most useful in the real world would probably be Cabal's because he just runs fast. Yeah, I, I actually also said Cabal because I wrote whether or not he teleports or is just fast. Uh, dude, the productivity alone, you know, like until I get my dick situation sorted out, I could just teleport <laughs> to the bathroom. You know? So, it's your main. Wait, that's uh, your main uh, problem. I guess. Well, we forgot about Raiden, but lightning. Yeah, that's cool. He's an Arcana because yeah, yeah, he's just an elder god, right? So, all right, good point. So then, as we wrap up the movie here, we see uh, Cole back in his uh, MMA gym here. He's about to go to Hollywood to uh, recruit somebody. Nobody big, you know. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. (laughs) Hollywood? Just some some no-name guy, you know. Um, uh, He's got the best name. We get a glimpse at the end of the poster where he's going to Hollywood to recruit Mr. Johnny Cage. Best name and the biggest belt buff. And I'm going to say right now, I feel like the movie didn't do as well as it could have because of the fact that Johnny Cage wasn't in. I feel like this whole movie was set up in a way to introduce the possibility for a sequel and or franchise of movies. And that they just didn't give enough in this first movie. And that's why it rated as poorly as it did. I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? They really went for the, the Mortal Kombat Begins vibe. Yeah. Like, this was like... Be, the, the tournament didn't even officially happen. This was just the pre-tournament, right? I would have almost petitioned to make this movie called Almost Mortal Kombat. Or Not Quite Mortal Kombat. Alright, guys. So, I think that just about wraps up... Uh, Mortal Kombat, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to throw in here before we get to fun stuff. Um, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed 
this movie. I was worried that because we watched it so recently uh, that I lose interest, you know, watching it midway. And I did not. It kept it kept me entertained. Uh, I had a hard time writing notes on it because usually I only write notes on stuff I don't like. Definitely. That's that's totally valid. What do you think, Ian? No, I, I agree 100%. There's actually, on my notes, I, I wrote, well, that scene was awesome. I didn't write any notes because I was just watching Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely was harder to take notes on this movie just because there weren't as many laughable things. Um, usually at this point, <clears throat> I, I pose the question to you both of, does this movie hold up? But since it came out this year, it's hard to ask that question. So I guess what I want to ask instead is if we had complaints about the first movie but still loved it, and most, if not all, of our complaints were addressed in this movie, and people still didn't like it, what does Hollywood do need to do, do you guys think, in order to make a successful, critically acclaimed Mortal Kombat? Remake this exact movie, but with Johnny Cage in it. <laughs> Instead of, or in addition to, somebody. In addition. How would Kano and Johnny Cage compete for the comedic value spot? There's nothing wrong with having two comedians. Or three on a podcast. Uh, no, he was right. You guys are the comedians here. I'm just the, the person that pushes the story along. <laughs> That's true. Keenan, what, what do you think Hollywood needs to do to make a critically acclaimed Mortal Kombat movie? I mean, I feel like at this point, there's nothing you can do. You're never going to please critics. I give up. I, <laughs> I've been trying. That's, no, that's very valid. At this point, they, they got to figure it out. There's, there's something they got to do. I really think that uh, it, this movie was too much of a tease for Mortal Kombat. And I think that's why um, if they, you know, they made it seem as though Shang Tsung said he was going to bring an army uh, the next time. We'll, we'll see some more people from Mortal Kombat. Uh, definitely Johnny Cage. Um, I'm guessing maybe maybe some Cyrax. Uh, Smoke even. You know, like, I don't know. I, there's still a slew of Mortal Kombat characters we haven't seen yet, um, like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, uh, mm-hmm. who was confirmed, I think, to be a Mortal Kombat character uh, in some crossover thing they did. So Terminator. Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> Rambo. Yeah. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> so you you got some potential here, Hollywood, but uh I, I think maybe the, the cash grab is, is not the way to go and more fan service. But who am I? I'm just a dude. Do you know if they're making another one? So what obviously I was looking, they led up to or teased another one, but what I was reading, I, I saw a lot of articles and it but it was all they were all around the time the movie came out that they haven't officially greenlit one yet but that the movie was deemed a success and as long as the movie is deemed a success um from what i know that usually means there will be a sequel so i would assume there will be a sequel and i assume it won't do very well and i assume we'll be back here talking about it (laughs) all right guys uh at this point we've talked about the movie here i think it's time we play a little game we like to call bed bread behead now, I'm going to pose a rule. We can't pick anybody that we picked in the last movie. What do you guys think about that rule? So no Goro, no Johnny Cage, unfortunately, and no Shang Tsung. 
Okay. Deal. Deal. All right. Who are you guys' picks? Goro. <laughs> Johnny Cage. <laughs> <sighs> All right. All right, fine. I'll pick I... Jax. <laughs> um, what was the name of uh, Shang Tsung or Shang Tsung's uh, girlfriend? The one with the wings. Nareep? Oh, Natara. Natara? Natara? His girlfriend? Tig Nataro. <laughs> yeah, her. That's what I'm picking. Wait. <laughs> You're going to pick somebody you I don't didn't... even know their name? <laughs> I didn't get the impression that that was his girlfriend. He loved he's, her. He's flirting. He was, he's spitting game. He was all I mean, about her. I think, I, think, I think real recognizes real, but at that just, point, like, just look at my Look at my Tig Nataro. She's beautiful in every way. She's great. Dies instantly. I don't know her. We don't know her. My PYT. <laughs> All right, fine. Natara, uh, Jax, and who you got? Can you... Uh, Melina. There you go. All right. Brett, I say you go first. Me? All right. Let's see. All right. So let's kill Melina because. I do not want her mad at me for any reason, uh, because I will not have a face anymore. Because in one fell swoop, she could bite it off. So there's that. She could also bite off other things, um, like my ego. Don't like that. Um, so sorry. Got to give Melina the kill. I'm gonna give uh, the Mary to Natara actually, because she could fly us around the world and when she inevitably dies I can collect insurance money. <laughs> and I will uh, bed Jax because dude's done six tours. He can give me a tour around the bedroom, I'm sure. What's to say about that? So <laughs> That's what I got. What you, who's up next? You, you, Marcus. What do you got? Uh, honestly, I think I was going to go the same way. Same uh, order as you. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we don't know if Natara is bad per se. We don't know anything about her. But she does have wings. That's pretty cool. Uh, we do know Melina is bad and, and pretty rough to look at with those teeth. So let's just get her out of the situation altogether. And then, Fair. out of, you know, elimination, Jax is just, he's there. He's bed. I mean, don't, wait not to sound enthusiastic about betting <laughs> Jax at all. I mean, but, I mean. Well, I'm a little afraid of those arms. Crushing me. <laughs> wait, at what point are you afraid of his arms? <laughs> I don't know. Anytime during the betting. <laughs> So what you're saying is the best and most desirable Jax for you is the time that he's laying there unconscious with no arms. <laughs> <An> armless. <laughs> Legless pooch. Armless Jax. Or maybe just baby arms. Baby robot arms. What do you got, Keenan? Uh, so I think I'm actually going to differ with you. So Melina, I, I am going to behead. <clears throat> uh, I really don't need the extra mouth space. 
I'm, I'm an honest man. There's really no need. Um, for bed, I went with Naruto. Naruto. Uh, I, I, I mean, believe it. <laughs> I, I really didn't have any any reason for that either. The main thing is I just needed to make sure I was going to wed Jax because he's not somebody who's going to quit. He's going to keep trying to become better even after he loses his arms. And also he could probably Jax you off pretty well. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but do, do you think it'd be better or worse because he can't tell if he's doing it too tight or not? You know what I mean? Um, we'll find out. And worst case scenario, I get that metal dick. <laughs> Report back, Keenan. Thank you. All right. So that is Bed, Wed, Behead. And now we move on to our next game of the night here. Our game that we like to call Degrees of Who. And we'll take one person from the movie here and a random celebrity from randomlists.com slash random celebrities. And we'll try to connect them in as many steps as we can, Kevin Bacon style. So right off the bat, um, I guess we need to decide who we're picking from this movie. Because once again, much like the other one, there's not a whole lot of, I guess, A-listers in this movie for sure. But we had talked about Louis Tan, his connection earlier. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Joe Taslin, but I can't really... Well, I can actually connect to one person. Uh, from the raid fun fact did you know that two people from the raid redemption were in star wars uh, if you talk about the raid one more fucking time lewis <laughs> lewis okay we'll just go with you first since oh wait no we know that he's in deadpool okay we're gonna go to uh uh sean william scott um uh, all right so we've got lewis tan then two Sean William, William Scott. So I guess I'll start. Uh, uh, Lewis Tan was in Deadpool. Was it Deadpool 2? Yeah, Deadpool 2 with TJ Miller. TJ Miller was in. Um, God, now I gotta think of that movie. Uh, she's out of. Out of my league, out of our league. Yep. With Jay Burrishell. As soon as you said shows, I thought you were going to go Silicon Valley. I was. <laughs> I was thinking about it, but. Yeah. All right. This one should open oh, it up. Oh, you know. Yeah, this is pretty much done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, no. It is, it is done. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's in Goon. With Sean is, William Scott. Oh, he is in Goon. Yeah. <laughs> See, too I was easy. Thinking, I was thinking he was in Knocked Up with Paul Rudd, who was in Role Models with Sean William Scott. But that was even quicker. <laughs> We're breaking records. Four this people. Was it? That's it. Louis Tan, the TJ Miller, Jay Barishall, or whatever his name is, to Sean William Scott. All right. Two in the middle. I think. Was this our best in Rotten Gems history? Last week was pretty... Uh, I, think we, I think we even beat last week. Yeah, last week was pretty fast, but yeah, I think we... Yeah, last week was five. 
and this time it's four. I, I think we're not going to get any better than that. And then if we are, then I think we will pick somebody else. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we could do it again. If we could do it a little better. This person was in the same movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One, you win. Uh, all right, so. Random celebrity, it. Hiro Yuki Sonata. <laughs> Uh, Lewis Tan too. Just I'm gonna pick a random list here. Uh, uh, Lewis Tan. <laughs> he is the same person. Boom. One. All right, guys. So that was four steps. We've done a lot worse. So I'm happy with that. But now I think it's time to talk about our best bad reviews of this movie. Now, this movie was rated poorly by critics. Um which means there are a slew of bad reviews to choose from. But we have all chosen our favorites here today. And we're just going to shit on them. So who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. So my, my bad review is from Alan Jones of Radio Times. And there's a couple of reasons why I picked it. First, it's a bad take. Um, it's he, he wrote... Over-reliant on dicey CGI, the film gets bogged down in exposition and backstory, and we'll have gamers running back to the 90s Paul W.S. Anderson film with open arms. Now, first of all, I want to say, okay, the CGI, I didn't think was dicey at all. Kind of goes back to what you were saying, Brett, is will it hold up? I don't know. But for the time, it's actually really... I didn't see any issues with it, um, but I thought it was funny that he said that uh, people will be going back to that 90s film as if that was so much better because literally the it's the review was sandwiched behind or between two fresh reviews, one that said it's by far the best movie adaptation of Mortal Kombat to date. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one under it was not for the little ones. The reboot is far stronger than the 19, 1990s version. So he's just straight up wrong then. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I think we're all in agreement that this one is better than the original, right? Oh, yeah. Slightly. So he's got five votes against him. I think that guy deserves uh, a resounding a oh, fuck you. <laughs> Keenan, what you got? All right. Well, I got a, a returning critic. Back from Real Views, we got James Berardinelli, who says, Mortal Kombat is slickly made but hollow, offering little to anyone who isn't deeply invested in the franchise. It may be a good tie-in to the video game series, but it's a bad motion picture. And I can agree that, yeah, if you play the video games, you're going to enjoy this more. But if I were to take myself out of any of the video games, any of the previous movies, this is a great way to start. You're you're not going to Mortal Kombat. You're getting to learn who every character is before going into this. So uh, I just don't understand his point from here. Yeah, and, and I, I would agree with what you're saying. It goes back to what we said earlier. Like, the whole movie, we're like, all right, When's Jax's arms going to fall off? When's Kano going to have a fucked up face? Like, these are things that 
and opinions that we've had because we knew about it. So I feel like if you're going to show somebody uh, the Mortal Kombat universe, this movie would be a great place to do it, I think. So fuck that guy. <laughs> right, and it's also like, okay, so you're only going to like movies that you like IPs about? You can't go into a, a new movie <laughs> with a new IP and enjoy it? No, no original content for me. All right, and I've got uh, Mr. Nathaniel Rogers here from the Film Experience, uh, who left a review and said, Mortal Kombat doesn't have many visual thrills and has a visibly smaller budget, but a few individual beats within the fight set pieces are gory fun, if you're into that. Now, my question is, uh, what is the if you're into that necessary? Because who is watching this movie if you're not into that, like this is an R-rated movie for violence, and I doubt that you're just some guy who's like, oh, I wonder what this Mortal Kombat thing is, you know? So, what what was the point of this review, if you're into that? Because it seems to me like Nathaniel Rogers is the only one who's not into that, and he deserves a resounding, a fuck you. So This person sounds like they're the person that goes to a movie and walks out midway. Just like, nope, this one's not for me. Uh, no, no, he actually, he walks out like two minutes before halfway, so then he could go get his money back and be like, I didn't stay for half the movie. <laughs> Can't charge me. <laughs> yeah. Is that a rule in movie theaters? I think I'm pretty sure that if you stay for half the movie, you can't get a refund at that point. Do we know anybody that used to work at a movie theater? <laughs> I mean, I do. Uh, one, one guy in my D&D group, he used to work there, so I'll ask him. Yeah, one of us worked sure at the movie theater. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know that rule, but I mean, different theaters, different times, whatever. They don't, they all change. So that has been Mortal Kombat, guys. I want to leave you though with um, some wise words from the one and only Liu Kang here, who said, "Focus on what you can't deny. Find the truth in me." The pain, it's the ultimate catalyst. Um, which I think just means sometimes you just got to get the shit beat out of you uh, to learn the lesson. Which is uh, not something I'd recommend. If you can try to not get the shit beat out of you, I would choose that over getting the shit beat out of you every time. But this wasn't really a deep movie. And so that was really the most inspirational quote I could find. <laughs> so that's what we got to go with. Um, aside from all of that, though, um, this movie was once again rated a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, critics believe that Michael Bay's Transformers was somehow better than this movie that we all thought was great. Um, so I guess just fuck Michael Bay. Not literally, just the expression. Join us next week as we talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2... The Secret of the Ooze, which is the best in the trilogy. If you don't agree, fight us. But after you tune in to hear our case as to why. I don't uh, agree. Until, until then, what do we say, fellas? That's brisk, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> yeah. That's what we right, cool. What else do you need? That's fair. We've been saying it for 13 episodes now. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next time, guys.
put a fucking shirt on, Magic Mike. <laughs>